Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. Once again, that's the sound of rock cracking, and you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics for the first time in June of 2022. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. Glad to have everyone in the audience. We are talking about politics. This is a midterm election year, and last week we heard Secretary Yellen, Secretary of the Treasury, uh, Yellen, she admits that she was wrong on inflation. Wow, she admits she's wrong. But is it really, is it really a asking for forgiveness? Is she admitting that she was wrong or what? Well, we got a couple of clips, one from uh, Fox News, one Fox News Business of Larry Kudlow to explain a little bit about that. And th- is she admitting that the whole administration's wrong? She's admitting that she was wrong about inflation, or is she blaming it on someone else? So, or some other things. A lot to look at, so we're going to get into that. I'm going to tell you on the second half of the show, we're going to do a D-Day remembrance. And as far as uh, our country looking forward, we can never stop looking at the past. And for heroes, heroes who never made it off the sandy beaches of D-Day. We're going to talk about that on the second half of the show. Now, uh, let's get to this. Let me play this clip right here from Fox News talking about Secretary Yellen. And for those who don't realize, Secretary Yellen, at one time she was uh, the head of the Federal Reserve uh, Bank and under President Obama. And then uh, I think... uh, it was President Trump removed her from there, and uh, now she is uh, she's come back to help our country. I put quotes on the word "help" because all of last year, you've heard me. The, you, the, everyone been listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics knows I have taken a hard stance on Secretary Yellen when she said over and over last year that inflation was transitory, and all she was doing was trying to push the Build Back Better program, knowing, knowing that she was lying through her teeth about inflation. And now she comes and asks for forgiveness. So take a listen to this on Fox News, a clip. Uh, Let's play that right now. If we make these investments now, with interest rates at historic lows, we'll generate more growth, higher incomes, a stronger economy. I really do not expect that we'll be in a situation where inflation rises to trouble, troubling levels. Is there a risk of inflation? Um, I, I think there's a small risk, and I think it's manageable. Now, that last voice was, of course, from uh, Janet Yellen, our Secretary of Treasury. 
She was uh, appointed by Joe Biden, approved by the Senate, and there she was saying this was that was early on in 2021 and saying she didn't think there was an inflation risk. And you heard the very first uh, soundbite. That was President Biden saying we had historic low inflation. And that's what Donald Trump gave him, gave America historic low inflation. That's where President Biden began his presidency saying now we can just slam on all this uh, horrendous plans in this Biden economy. He thought he could ride on the coattails of Donald Trump, did for a few months, did for just a few months, and then it's the chaos has been kicking in. But uh, let me let you uh, finish listening to this uh, Fox News clip right here as they talk about what Janet Yellen had just said. What a difference a year makes. Americans are feeling the crush of historic inflation after the president and his team repeatedly insisted it would not be a problem. And it certainly is. Let's bring in Fox Business anchor David Asman. Great to see you this morning. Great to see you both. You know, even the Washington Post out with a very lengthy piece <clears throat> attacking just that. How policymakers in this country misjudge the inflation threat. And this massive inflation caught Washington by surprise. It goes date by date how that was done in Washington. Well, and, and you talked to Gene Sperling yesterday. They're, all of the administrators, they don't really have answers. They do, first, they come out a year ago. We all remember those, those barbecues that were supposed to cost less than they did the year before to try to convince Americans that there was no inflation. Well, we all found out that just wasn't true. And, and it wasn't passing the muster, even with the, the Washington Post. The Washington Post, by the way, the editorials have become much more critical of Joe Biden. You compare them today with the way they were a year ago. There's been a fundamental shift in the editorial pages of a lot of liberal newspapers like the Washington Post, but leading the, with the Washington Post. Because, again, they, they focus on, on the problems that are facing Americans, and they find out that the White House is not focusing. They deflect. Uh, who's, whose fault is it, the inflation that we now have? Well, uh, Biden put it all on the Fed last week, and now Janet Yellen is, is, is becoming the fall woman for, for the situation. The administration won't take responsibility responsibility for inflation, its role in inflation, one in terms of spending money that they don't have, and they just are, are coming out with this new student loan stunt, as the Washington Post calls it, of spending about $300 billion for relatively well-off students and families who, who uh, are going to get this enormous gift, a $10,000 write-off on their loans. Uh, that's going to cost about $300 billion. So you add all this spending up and it causes inflation. I mean, it's the administration. It's not the Fed. The Fed has a role to play, uh, but the administrator, the primary role is spending trillions and trillions of dollars that they don't have that the, that the Fed then has to monetize by printing uh, Just two things on this. Uh, there was clearly a strategy to get this all out. Joe Biden had that editorial in the Wall Street Journal yesterday. <laughs> Janet Yellen um, agrees to go on CNN and says this. Right. Wolf Blitzer. I was wrong then about um, the path that inflation um, would take. As I mentioned, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted uh, energy and food prices and um, supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time didn't fully understand. 
And there she is, our Secretary of the Treasury, saying she didn't fully understand. Now, nobody's going to be able to know everything that's coming ahead in the economy. The trouble is she's trying to put the blame on the war in the Ukraine on bottlenecks. And you know where, and we talked about in the show, where did a lot of those bottlenecks come from? Well, back when they were mandating vaccines and they were forcing people to lose their jobs, said you take this experimental vaccine, there's no long range studies on it, you must take it or lose your job. And so many people were forced out of the workforce from airline pilots to airline mechanics, anything the federal government could put its thumb on. And they said, you get the vaccine or you lose your job. And I hope those people and the families and people who know the families who lost their jobs because of this uh, just just this ironclad government that pulled down something where you know, now you hear uh, they talk about Roe versus Wade maybe maybe gone with the Supreme Court. We don't know that yet. But if it is, you had people parading around, my body, my choice. Where were those women when the government said, you must lose, take this vaccine or lose your job? They don't believe in my body, my choice, or they'd been out there protecting those people who didn't want to take the vaccine. They didn't want to put an experimental medicine into their body. And where were they? You didn't see them out there saying, my body, my choice, standing up for the people who didn't want to get a vaccine in our country. So how can you believe them now? But now, get back to the story. Secretary Yellen, <laughs> She, she was saying she didn't know. I mean, she just didn't know about she, the Ukraine war and bottlenecks. But she knew when the, the Biden administration came in and spent $2 trillion after the Trump administration and Senate and House had put together uh, another, over $5 trillion already. It was stupidity when it comes to... Uh, force and inflation, just pure uh, malpractice, economic malpractice by the entire Biden administration. And they wanted $5 trillion more for Build Back Better. This is what I have a problem with. So Secretary Yellen, back a year ago when she was saying, we well, don't worry about inflation, she knew, she knew of all her economic experience. She knew she was lying. There would be inflation, and it's, it started with Joe Biden and all his policies, and she knew it, and she lied because she wanted Build Back Better, and it was Build Back Broke, and Broke America is becoming. Even as we give people who signed for loans to get, go through school, and now, and now, oh, guess what? You don't have to pay it back. For everybody who didn't go to college, make sure you remember that when you get to the polls. You are paying for the people who went to college. You're paying for their college education. And for everybody to help put their own children through college, you're paying for those who, who signed up for a loan. And now the, uh, Joe Biden's saying, you don't have to pay it back. You know, so why, why sign papers anymore? Why sign papers anymore?
we just keep throwing money away that the taxpayers and our children and grandchildren are going to have to pay. Wake up, young people. Wake up. Get out there and learn what's happening and why you're paying inflation and the money you make today is not going to be worth as much as it is now a year from now. That's inflation. It's government taxing. It's government stealing the money. And young people, wake up. Start electing and voting for officials who halfway understand the economy, not for the clowns who are creating or who are doing economic malpractice that's in the administration now. Wow, so much we could say, but somebody says it better. Larry Kudlow. Let's play this clip from... uh, his uh, Fox Business show, Larry Kudlow, and he knows how to run an economy because he did under Donald Trump. Take a listen to what he had to say. He played it almost the same clip of uh, Secretary Yellen when she was on CNN. Let's play this clip. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kudlow. I'm Larry Kudlow. All right, permit me one more pass at Joe Biden's alleged plan for fighting inflation. And I think most common sense folks know it is not a serious plan. As my pal Kevin Hassett said last night in the show, it's not exactly the Marshall Plan. Now, three quick points in this non-plan. First, blame everything on the Federal Reserve. It's their problem, not mine, Mr. Biden inferred. And I'm thinking that if the Fed does what it needs to do in tightening money supply and raising interest rates above inflation... Why, then Biden's going to blame the resulting election year recession on the Fed. He is setting up Jay Powell for a big fall. Now, two other points in this so-called inflation plan, the non-plan. It's another stab at Build Back Better. It's all it is. Just want to spend more money on the Green New Deal, various spending subsidies, including Obamacare, and, of course, federal control of drug prices And the third point is reducing the federal budget deficit by confiscatory wealth taxes on the successful, as well as higher taxes for American companies at home and overseas. Now, if this sounds a lot like the package where we saved America and killed that bill, you'd be right. All this has nothing to do with slaying inflation. Nothing. But Biden and his senior staff are now running around Washington telling everybody that they feel their pain on inflation and they're begging for forgiveness for being so badly wrong and missing the inflation story and calling inflation temporary. But you know what? They're not really sorry. Here's Janet Yellen Yellen, begging for forgiveness. Please take a listen. Look, I I think I was wrong then about um, the path that inflation um, would take. As I mentioned, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted uh, energy and food prices and um, supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly that I didn't, at the time didn't fully understand. Really? Well, it kind of sounds more like a hostage video than a truly well-meaning apology. However, with all due respect, what you just heard was a non-apology apology because Behind all those tears was an it wasn't really our fault moment. In other words, it wasn't the inflationary $2 trillion stimmy package or all the borrowing that was financed by Federal Reserve money creation or the fact 
that the uh, Biden's radical war against fossil fuels put a lid on the production of oil and gas and pipelines. Nope, none of that. Instead, it was Vladimir Putin and bottlenecks. Not our fault. And this blame game, which begins with Biden but continues through his Treasury Secretary and other senior staff, is a key reason why the so-called anti-inflation plan has no credibility whatsoever. Because if you don't understand the inflation problem and you don't own that problem, then you're never going to solve the problem. Oh, what a country we'd have if, if uh, we had Larry Kudlow helping run our economy under Donald J. Trump right now. We would have an entirely different world, an entirely different country. But reality is, like Larry has said on the show before, the cavalry is coming. Can't get here soon enough. Get out and make sure we get good candidates ready to run in a general election wherever you are. We have got to throw some bombs out. And we can't throw out the administration on a midterm election, but we can throw out everybody that represents and votes for what this administration wants. And like I've said before, I'll sum it up here and we'll end up this first part of the show. Do not vote for a Democrat candidate until they kick the socialist out. The reason we got socialism in our government now is because of the Democratic Party. Some Democrats say, oh, we're not socialists. Yes, you are. Until you kick the socialists out, people across this nation, stop voting for Democrats. Let them get the message and kick the socialists out. And that's, that's it. Let's get that message across. And let's start building America again instead of watching it go down the inflation tube and looking at our money getting smaller and smaller and smaller as these um, whatever, what's ever in between their heads, not a brain, no economic brains. We need to be using our clean American fuels. So much cleaner than anywhere else on this planet. What Biden is doing by trying to force the screen energy, he's polluting the world because China, Venezuela, Russia, all the dirty fossil fuel producers are producing more than America. Do it in America where we can keep it clean. And let's, let's do it for our citizens, for our children, our grandchildren, their futures. Make America great again. My gosh, by golly, get out to the polls. Start campaigning today to get the Democrats out of power before they drag down the future of our children and grandchildren. All right, listen. Uh, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. Glad to have each and every one of you here. And I said, uh, Secretary of Treasury Yellen, she, admit, she admitted she was wrong about inflation. But like Larry Kudlow said, she wouldn't admit that it's the Biden policies that are causing inflation, and it's so much so. And he knows. He's been there. He's shown us how to have a popping, running, great economy under Donald J. Trump. So uh, let's look at the uh, switch gears here. And I did say uh, June 6th, we remember D-Day. 
And there's things about D-Day that resonate through my life. I remember a time in World War II veterans when I was a child. I mean, everywhere you look, there's World War II veterans. Didn't know how many of them were really heroes, but every one of them who fought had uncles on my mom's side, my dad's side, and hear about some of the things in a war. Never talked about some of the, the bad things, the worst days. But I know on D-Day, there's uh, my, ma- uh, my father who's passed away now, but he, he was uh, uh, a teenager during the World War II, coming up on 18 when, uh, in 1945 when the war ended. And he did serve our country uh, after World War II. But I, I just hear in his life, and there's a man that I know now, and he never has known his real biological father. Why? Because when he was in his mother's womb, his dad was going across the channel, and he never, uh, he never returned from D-Day. He lost his life on the beaches there in Normandy. There was another uh, man. My dad was just a couple years older than my dad, uh, three or four years older. And he would have an old Model A. He had enough money to have an old Model A, and, and they lived about eight or ten miles outside of town. And, and he would uh, round up some guys, and they'd go watch a movie at the local theater. And uh, he got drafted. And then on D-Day, he was one of the casualties. He never returned. So it affected the lives of every community because it was such a massive, massive attack of ships and soldiers. And as they planned it for years, took years putting it together, and Eisenhower had to make the call, and the weather wasn't the best, looking at the tides and when they would come in. But he made the call, and what came was the largest armada of men, soldiers, materials, equipment coming across the English Channel. And he hit several different beaches. And like anything, you can plan it, but with the with the weather, with the waves. Some people got to the wrong beaches. They had these great plans of tanks getting on the beach and just blasting through the mines and concrete and barbed wire and and, and, and be able to take the machine guns riveting. But the tanks sank. They didn't have really any tanks uh, on D-Day. They had planned to, but most of them sank. Uh, they, all the preparation and all the plans to getting those tanks to the beach didn't work. And so those machine guns, they mowed down so many soldiers. Those are the heroes. So many of them we never heard about because they died on D-Day. And you can watch uh, Saving Private Ryan, 
Spielberg's movie about D-Day, and so many people say it's so close to what happened, and and but only those who were there, and 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 Spielberg used the stories of Ambrose books and others that uh, that that wrote about it. But he, you talk to the veterans, and there are very few left now. And just they can't put in the words, and usually they can start bawling and crying because they were in there in that mix of arms flying, limbs flying off, not knowing you, when you're going to die next. Machine guns blasting, bullets going over your head. Uh, all around you, people dying all around you, explosions, mines. Is there a mine ahead? I got to run ahead. It's, uh, do I hit a mine and kill myself? Uh, where do I go? You know, uh, there's barbed wire ahead. What what do I do? And they were hunkered down on the beach being fired upon, and they had to make decisions. What would you do? Thank God that we haven't had to be in those situations most of us very this generation hasn't and not since that generation very few of them are left that had hit d-day and they were mostly young uh, a friend of mine and i've talked about before had uh he was on the beaches there but before he got to the beach uh jt street he was the World War II veteran. Of course, he's passed away now. His son and I were friends and growing up. I'd see him all the time. Never knew, never knew what he'd been through. And and he was on uh, on those ships, and he could see. And he, he you, you would try to keep your head below deck. Didn't know where you were, but. He got up to where he could see over the side, and a lot of men were getting off the ship and falling into the water. And the and the eighty ninety pounds of equipment on their in their backpacks were sinking them, and they were drowning. He could see that happening, and he started yelling, "Take your backpacks off! Get get rid of it!" Get rid of your backpacks. And people said, no, no. But he said, we got to do it. People are drowning out there. And you think about this young, whatever he was, 18, 19, 20 years old at that point, telling everybody all their training. And he said, no, it's not working. They're drowning out there. And probably what happened, so many of the Navy men were piloting these uh, uh assault ships they were coming in just uh, to get the soldiers close to the beach as they could but they were scared they hadn't been in battle before and they didn't want to get real close to all the action on the beach and they weren't getting close enough and so a lot of the marines a lot of the soldiers coming off the ships were falling in the water and it shows that in the private saving private ryan movie for so many of them were uh they just didn't get close enough to shore because the the navy men driving the ships uh, vehicles with the men on them they just were not um, getting close enough 
so JT Street was saying, get off the backpacks. And 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 he survived. So me on ships, you know, his attack vehicle, they, they survived. They got to the beach. They said there's plenty of packs to get to on the beach because there's so many people who died. But I can't imagine. And you, you can um, see that over and over watching Saving Private Ryan and when they hit that beach and where would they go how you know where, where do you go where you don't get killed and and JT Street was one of those and he never talked about it he never talked about it he he finally told his son about it uh, he, he couldn't even remember that, that day hardly uh, but in the 1980s when people started asking him and he finally was able to bring some stories out and recognize what a hero he was, how many people he saved by telling them to get their backpacks off. Get them off. You know, people are drowning because the water's too deep. But all these things, when the tanks sank and uh, these landing craft didn't get close enough for the soldiers, so many of those things were going wrong and yet, because of the heroes that day, they hung on. They clung to that beach, and they finally made it up the beach and fought the Germans and got the foothold. And that was the plan, because I had a, my father's first cousin, Earl Montgomery, came in on the third day after D-Day. And they had hundreds of thousands of soldiers. Once that beachhead was made, systematically planned, the ships brought them in. But it wasn't just soldiers. It was jeeps, tanks, by the thousands, the tens of thousands, the ships. He said that when he got off the ship, he said it was, and you can look, go back and look at pictures of it, but he said it was just impressed upon his mind that something this had, he would never see anything like this again as long as he lived and of course the world has never seen anything like it since then but the amount of men equipment and firepower ammunition it was just rolling in because the heroes on that first day on D-Day they made that beachhead they secured it and because of that the Allies went on to win World War II. And Earl Montgomery, my father's first cousin, was telling me, he said, as they marked, they got him off the beach quick because they could see what had happened. Of course, they, they said they didn't see any bodies. They had tents, these black bags stacked up. Everybody knew what the black bags were. Didn't have to say a word. Everybody knew what was in there. They cleaned up that battlefield. So that the troops coming in across would go straight into the battle. But he said no matter how they tried to clean up the battlefield, the smell of death was all around. The stench of fire and burning and, and, uh, and human flesh being burned. It was all around. Death was all around. And yet they moved on. And that generation fought back defeated Hitler, defeated the Japanese, and gave freedom a chance to survive through the Cold War. 
Where are we today? Do we have people that can stand up for freedom? Stand up for freedom of speech, for the principles of the United States of America. Well, we can look to that generation, we can learn a lot. Thank God for the heroes on D-Day. It's Doc Holliday signing off. See you next week. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you again next week. 